0: Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 11th of July. India reported another record single-day spike of more than 27,000 new COVID-19 cases, taking its total tally to close to 8,21,000. The death toll in the country has crossed 22,000 with over 500 new fatalities. Maharashtra continues to remain the worst affected state with over 2,30,000 cases, followed by Tamil Nadu with over 1,30,000 cases, and Delhi which has more than 1,07,000 cases. It is getting harder and harder to see the light at the end of this pandemic tunnel, but thankfully, at least we now have a realistic estimate of when that is going to be. Scientists from the Department of Science and Technology and the Department of Biotechnology at the Council of Scientific and Industrial Research and Principal Scientific Advisor K. Vijay Raghavan told a parliamentary standing committee yesterday that a vaccine for coronavirus could only be expected early next year. Earlier, the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR, had ordered clinical trial sites to fast-track the development of the vaccine to August 15th. Most people with a scientific temper had criticised the ICMR's directive, with some scientists and health experts calling the deadline unreasonable and absurd. This includes WHO chief scientist Soumya Swaminathan, who said it is not possible to develop a COVID-19 vaccine within six weeks. She said the clinical trial phase itself may take six to 12 months. Also, it is important to note that only six out of the 30 members of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Science and Technology, Environment and Climate, chaired by Congress leader Jairam Ramesh, attended yesterday's meeting to discuss the government's preparedness to handle the pandemic. In fact, the chairman had written to Vice President Venkaya Naidu thrice in the last three months, requesting that the panel be allowed to meet virtually. While it is understood that COVID-19 virus is new and that we are still learning new things about it, the erratic policies of the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR, have led to the restriction of options for rapid point-of-care tests, leaving manufacturers in the doldrums. While the rapid antigen test approved by the ICMR on June 14th is restricted to symptomatic persons except those in containment zones and healthcare facilities, the rapid antibody test remains in the grey zone between not banned and not recommended. Rapid antibody and antigen tests use colour-coded strips, and the results can be interpreted with the naked eye in 15-30 to 30 minutes. The RBI governor, Shaktikanta Das, at a banking and economics conclave, called the pandemic the worst health and economic crisis in the last 100 years with unprecedented negative consequences for output, jobs and well-being. He said, and I quote, It dented the existing world order, global value chains, labour and capital movements across the globe. Unquote. Prime Minister Narendra Modi today reviewed the COVID-19 situation in the country in a meeting attended by the Union Home Minister Amit Shah, Health Minister Dr. Vardhan, members of the Niti Ayog, Cabinet Secretary and other senior officials of the central government. The Prime Minister directed the need to observe personal hygiene and social discipline in public places. He said awareness about COVID should be disseminated widely and a continuous emphasis on preventing the spread of the infection should be laid upon. Meanwhile, lockdown restrictions have been announced in Uttar Pradesh, Kerala and Pune amid a surge in the number of cases. Pune will undergo another round of complete lockdown for 10 days. Some neighbouring areas of Mumbai like Thane, Meera and Kalyan Dombiwali that were already under a lockdown have been asked to remain under restrictions for at least another week. In the last 2 weeks a reimposition of lockdown has been tried in Chennai and nearby towns in Tamil Nadu in Guwahati and neighboring areas of Assam and in Bengaluru and Hyderabad as well all with limited success. There has been no noticeable slowdown in the growth of cases in any of these areas. Strict lockdown curbs were also reimposed today in parts of Jammu and Kashmir's Rajouri district following a spurt in COVID-19 cases. Maharashtra recorded the highest single-day surge with over 7,800 new COVID-19 cases. However, the World Health Organization has lauded the efforts taken to contain the COVID-19 spread in Dharavi, one of the world's largest slums. Dharavi reported 12 new cases yesterday. While the total number of cases recorded there is 2,359, the total number of active cases is just 166. Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre on Friday asked Shiv Sena MLAs and party Vibhag Pramoks from Mumbai to work with the administration to set up committees comprising of representatives of NGOs and local residents to increase their involvement in the fight against the pandemic. The move is being seen as an attempt to involve the MLAs and the cadre at the ground level to fight the crisis. This was the first such meeting Uddhav Thakre held with MLAs and functionaries at Varsha. Tamil Nadu recorded over 3,600 new positive cases of COVID-19. The State Minister for Cooperation, Sellur K. Raju, and his wife tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday. The minister's results came just two days after the State Electricity Minister, P. Thangamani, tested positive. With this, the number of legislators in the state who have tested positive till date has risen to 12. One more lab in Tamil Nadu has been approved for COVID-19 testing. MGM Healthcare Private Limited in Chennai was approved for testing on Friday. With this, the number of COVID-19 testing labs in the state has gone up to 101. Meanwhile, in a major reshuffle, as many as 51 IPS officers have been transferred in Tamil Nadu. The changes were mainly made in major cities like Chennai, Coimbatore, Madurai and Tirunevali. Mylapore Times has been a staple in south-central Chennai since the 1990s. With the pandemic, it adapted to turn every COVID question from its readers into a story. T.R. Vivek writes, and I quote, Vincent D'Souza, 60 years old, the owner-editor of Mylapore Times, has the beard and a belly of a middle-aged Saint Nick, the energy of a Duracell bunny, the mind of a bean-counting businessman, and the ticker of a hustling city reporter. In times of COVID-19, he fancies himself as the agony aunt of Mylapore's residents." The readers for Mylapore Times expect D'Souza to have the answers for questions the civic authorities, police or assorted arms of the government don't. A young woman recently laid off by a BPO firm is desperate for a job. Since the Chennai Corporation is the only organisation hiring, she calls D'Souza to ask after the procedure to become a COVID-19 volunteer. Another US resident is stricken by panic because his 76-year-old mother back home is experiencing dizzy spells. It is impossible to get a doctor's appointment. Can D'Souza help? The success of Mylapore Times has forced even the big newspaper groups to try their hand at neighbourhood-specific supplements. It has also spawned many copycat community newspapers in Mylapore and elsewhere in Chennai, but not many have survived. Some were fly-by-night operations. They simply could not match Mylapore Times' organic connect with the community and its professional journalism driven by D'Souza. So how does a small, independent, hyperlocal media organisation such as the Mylapore Times speak truth to power, perhaps more often and more meaningfully, and offer as much service to the cause of democracy, if not more, than the mainstream media? To find out, you must read T.R. Vivek's piece titled, "Mylapore Times. In times of COVID, this community newspaper holds lessons for big media. You'll find the piece on newslaundry.com. In the wake of the pandemic, the Delhi government has decided to cancel all state university exams, including final year exams. Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia said, and I quote, the degree will be awarded based on evaluation parameters decided by the universities, unquote. Following the death of a journalist who had tested positive for coronavirus, Union Health Minister Harshvardhan said that the medical superintendent of the Trauma Centre at All India Institute of Medical Sciences in New Delhi has been sacked. Tarun Sisodia, a health reporter with the Hindi daily Dainik Bhaskar, reportedly killed himself by jumping off the fourth floor of Ames in New Delhi on Monday. Our reporters Ayan and Prateek investigated Tarun's death. According to their report, hospital security is not deployed inside the wards and the corridors of the COVID centre. Tarun's friends and colleagues also confirmed to News Laundry that he had said odd, disoriented things while he was admitted. So what led to journalist Tarun Sisodia's death at Ames Delhi? To find out, read the report by the same title on Newslaundry.com. Also, while you're at it, do check out all the other stuff we do, from podcasts and video interviews to ground reports like these. Listeners, we at Newslaundry try to show you the bigger picture whatever the issue might be. We focus on things that mainstream media often tends to miss, partly due to their advertisement-based news model. We, on the other hand, to prevent ourselves from falling into the same trap, created our own news model that is 100% free of advertisements. And instead, it counts on subscribers who believe in the importance of independent media to keep us going. So big thanks to all of you who subscribe to News Laundry, and to those who haven't, well, here's some food for thought. When the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served, but when the public pays, the public is served. Think about it, and if you agree, please do subscribe to News Laundry. Himachal Pradesh reported no new cases today. The total number of cases in the state is now 1,171, out of which only 274 are active. Assam's COVID tally surged past 15,000 today with a little less than 1,000 new cases. More than 400 police personnel in the state have tested positive for COVID-19. Nearly 200 nursing staff working on contract at the Gandhi General Hospital in Hyderabad, Telangana's Nodal Centre for Treatment of COVID-19 Cases, sat on an indefinite strike this morning in support of regularisation of their services and payment on par with newly recruited outsourced nursing staff. The strike comes barely a month after junior doctors at the hospital had staged a protest seeking decentralisation of COVID-19 treatment, immediate recruitment of additional staff and enhanced security for all frontline workers. A few contractual nurses who stepped outside the hospital campus as media was not allowed inside said that they never received their salaries on time and that a few months of payment is still pending. Now for some international updates on the virus. More than 12.5 million people around the world have been infected with the coronavirus and more than 559,000 have died. The number of new COVID-19 infections crossed 68,000 in the USA, setting a single-day record for the seventh time in 11 days. As the outbreaks continued to grow at an alarming rate in the South and West, officials in the two battered states threatened to retreat from reopenings that had followed a national lull in confirmed infections. According to a new ABC Ipsos poll, nearly two-thirds of Americans disapprove of US President Donald Trump's handling of the pandemic. Also, the battle between the Trump administration and some of America's top universities seems to be escalating. On Friday, Howard's and Massachusetts Institute of Technology sought a court order to protect foreign students from losing their visas, while Trump threatened the tax-exempt status of the institutions that, according to him, indoctrinate students. Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and Universities in California have also sued the administration. As many as 8,000 California prisoners could be released ahead of schedule in an unprecedented attempt to stop the spread of COVID-19 inside state prisons. More than half the releases are expected by the end of this month. Philanthropist and billionaire Bill Gates has called for the COVID-19 drugs and any eventual vaccine to be made available to countries and people that need them the most, not to the highest bidder, saying that relying on market forces to ensure the distribution would prolong the pandemic. Gates said, and I quote, We need leaders to make these hard decisions about distributing based on equity, not just on market-driven factors. Unquote. Britain dropped a 14-day quarantine for travellers coming from 75 countries, including most of the European Union, on Friday. The list of countries does not include the United States. If a traveller arrives from a country that is not on the exempt list, they are required to go straight to wherever they are staying and quarantine themselves for 14 days without any visitors. Iran has said that it cannot afford to shut down its sanctions-hit economy even as the Middle East's deadliest coronavirus outbreak worsens with record-high death tolls and rising infections. President Hassan Rouhani in a televised meeting said, and I quote, Iran must continue economic, social and cultural activities while observing health protocols. The simplest solution is to close down all activities, but the next day people would come out to protest the resulting chaos, hunger, hardship and pressure. Hong Kong, which has been lauded for its aggressive handling of the outbreak, is confronting a third wave of infections and on Friday shut down its school system. The city of 7 million people has reported more than 1,400 cases and just seven deaths during the outbreak. The widespread use of face masks when the pandemic first broke out has greatly helped to contain the virus. Authorities have also been forcing all new arrivals to undergo a strict two-week quarantine. Journalists with Al Jazeera are under investigation by the Malaysian police for sedition and defamation after the news network broadcast a documentary showing a military-style crackdown on undocumented migrant workers over coronavirus fears. The 25-minute documentary, titled Locked Up in Malaysia's Lockdown, was broadcast on July 3rd and shows the authorities locking down neighbourhoods with razor wire and arresting hundreds of migrant workers in the name of preventing infections. The film raises the question of whether transporting arrestees on buses and detaining them in crowded conditions accelerated the spread of the virus. Millions of migrants, many of them from Bangladesh, India and Indonesia, work in Malaysia without proper documentation. Al Jazeera said that the police questioned six of their journalists on Friday. Malaysian officials contend that the report was inaccurate and misleading and deny allegations of racism and discrimination in their treatment of undocumented migrants. The Qatari state-owned broadcaster said it stood by its report. The company said, and I quote, Al Jazeera is deeply concerned that its staff are now subject to a police investigation. Charging journalists for doing their job is not the action of a democracy that values free speech. Journalism is not a crime." Unquote. Now for some non-coronavirus news. At least eight people, including an eight-month-old baby, were killed in landslides in Arunachal Pradesh on Friday. The India Meteorological Department has forecast heavy rain in the state, while the Central Water Commission has warned of a severe flood situation. Four members of a family, including the baby, were killed in a landslide in Tigdo village in Papampare district of Arunachal Pradesh at around 2.30 am on Friday. All four of them were buried alive while sleeping. District authorities retrieved their bodies early this morning. The American multinational company Amazon on Friday banned the TikTok video-sharing app from employees' mobile devices but revoked the order hours later. In a communication to employees later in the day, Amazon called the ban a mistake. It was not clear what led to the ban in the first place. Senior Amazon executives were unaware of the order to delete TikTok from employees' devices. The email sent to employees by the company said the ban was reversed after TikTok and Amazon representatives discussed the matter. Amazon's turnaround came on the same week that the US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo indicated that the federal government might ban the app, suggesting it was sharing data with the Chinese government. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.